With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, Josh. We just celebrated Thanksgiving here in the U.S. But uh, after game week 13, well, it's not quite over yet, but I'm thinking of a few things that I'm not thankful for. Mainly (laughs) Wolves defense, okay? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Moshi Davidovich said, has there ever been a more hated player than Aaron Moy this game week? I don't even blame Aaron Moy. You know, I kind of like Aaron Moy. Uh, I, I blame Wolves entirely. I blame them and their weird game plan. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much you want to blame or, or, you know, how much Johnny had to do with all of this. But uh, that, that they did not come out of the gate ready to play today. Yeah, you do wonder. I mean, we could talk much more about Wolves, but we're coming right out of an international break and game weeks tend to be a little weird, a little wobbly coming out of international breaks. On Saturday, the fixtures kind of went true to form what we expected. But Sunday, this felt like a real international break, uh, post-international break game week with the Weird Wolves results, uh, Arsenal, Bournemouth. It was a competitive match, but still everyone didn't seem to be up to 100%. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I, I guess you're right. Things were true for me. You know, we didn't have, um, a, you know, Guerrero blanked, uh, Charleston blanked, Marshall blanked. So, you know, a lot of very popular captions. Everyone but Mo Salah, really, and I, I suppose Sadio Mane. Um, or him, Sterling, right? Right. I don't, although I don't really, I just didn't feel like I saw a lot of people talking about Sterling. I mean, I think there was even some talk that he might be rested um, this weekend. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, you know, I know that, I mean, every single person who, 
who you know Captain Sterling obviously went onto social media and, and you know, took a screenshot of it and shared it and <laughs> talked about how smart they were. And I, more power to you. But um, you know, outside of Sterling, I don't feel like there was you know any huge explosive. I mean, I guess even even Salah got his customary zero bonus points, you know, for his goal. So, and uh, we talked yeah. about David Silva and his now uh, famous imperious nine pointers. So there. There he was with a nine pointer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I had, uh, I, I mean, to me, it was a, it was an intensely, I, you know, I, in some ways, it actually, I, I mean, I have finished on forty five points, which is, I guess, probably kind of mediocre. Um, I'm really not sure exactly how the average was so high this game week. Um, I don't really, I guess, people doubled up on on Salah and Sterling. Dead teams did well. I, I don't know. Like, yeah, Man where, City where defense, I think, boosted defense? a lot of people. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it seems like overall we're seeing a lot of scores in that kind of forty to fifty range. You know, tomorrow we have uh, uh, Newcastle Burnley, which I don't think is going to move the overall average up, you know, very much. I mean, it certainly wasn't a yeah. big enough game for us to wait a day to do the podcast. Yeah, I'm looking at the FPL fix site, and the standard average uh, with Newcastle Burnley left to go is forty six points. Only 45 points for the teams in the top 1,000 overall in the world. Right. So really a marginal difference there. So it just seems like not a week in which a lot of people are going to shift up or down unless they really win out a, on a limb with something like a Sterling captaincy. Yeah, exactly. And so 45 is one of those like, eh, it's fine. Like I think that I've – it looks like I'm right around 30K right now. So I've dropped about six to 7,000. Um, which, you know, it's, it's really, that comes down to, uh, Chelsea, uh, who could not have possibly looked worse than they did in that match. Uh, only yeah. Olivier Giroud came off looking well in his like 15 minutes of match time, 30 minutes, yeah. whatever it was. Um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, that game was insane. And, you know, just the, it just, it made that, you know, it's one thing to make a bad transfer, which, which I obviously did with Murata a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's another thing for him to look so for him to look so humiliatingly bad. You know, it was like it felt like it was like a reflection on me. And like you know, just for the <laughs> record, he had, you know, five goals and six and six matches before I brought him in. Like it, it's amazing just how far he fell just that quickly. It was it was like re- remarkable just how poor he looked. And yeah, it yeah. was always it was a bad transfer. I I'm fine with that, but you know, for him to get two, you know, two one-pointers back to back uh, was very frustrating, uh, especially you know the the players that I had looked to bring to bring in. You know the more logical pick last week would have been uh, Jimenez or two weeks ago, I guess, uh, were mm-hmm. uh, Jimenez and Richarlison. I ended up bringing in Mo- uh, Morata and Brooks. So you know the one like kind of upside here, I guess, is Brooks actually finished on five points, uh, and Morata obviously with his one, but that actually outscored uh, Jimenez and Richarlison this game week. So. Um, I guess that's like the one like minor bright spot. <laughs> Take uh, is that, that haters. Yeah, is that Brooks actually like the other part of this transfer? Brooks actually came up looking pretty good. Uh, had a, had Brooks a, looked phenomenal against Arsenal. I have yeah, to say, had a disallowed goal that probably should have counted. Definitely. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so um, thankfully I actually was still asleep when that happened, or I would have been steaming. So <laughs> uh-huh. I, I did wake up in time to see the assist. Um, yeah, so I, Brooks to me as a keeper, I'm actually thinking about. The plan was was to move him out this game week because um, I want to bring in a Man City midfielder. But now I think I'm actually going to move Kennedy instead. Who's um, the, the reason to move Brooks was just that the fixtures are a little bit worse and um, and he's a little bit more expensive. But I just don't know if I can move him right now. 
Um, you know, I mean, as long as I can, as long as he doesn't have to play in that Man City fixture, which I mm-hmm. really, I actually think I might play five at the back this game week. Um, as long as he doesn't play in that, then I'd have Huddersfield, Wolves, and Brighton in three of the next four for for Bournemouth. So, I mean, you know, some of the really rough run of fixtures for Bournemouth is actually starting to come to an end. Um, yeah. You know, and they just have these, they have these two tough ones. Um, you know, I guess over the holidays, it's kind of a mixed bag for them. It's not great. Um, but I would love to have uh, Brooks at home for Huddersfield and Brighton, you know, as well as Wolves away. Right. I mean, I, I can't say that I'm too intimidated by Wolves uh, defense no. at the moment, you know, no, so no. Yeah. Are no. you feeling the same way about Fraser? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, Fraser is, to me, slightly different than Brooks insofar as uh, a lot of people with Fraser have a lot of value built up in him. Yeah. So you take that whole value discussion, set it aside, and I then think you could put Fraser and Brooks on the same level and that they both look like their attacking output might be uh, steady and equal as the season goes. Yeah. Fixtures, as you said, don't look so great, but Bournemouth is one of the most attacking mid-table sides right now. And um, I don't know, so sort of the way we talked about the value of Wolves earlier in the season, Bournemouth are still uh, using that attacking mentality. They still have players that are cheap enough to fit into any little uh, weak spot you have in your team. So, yeah, yeah, I I feel exactly the same. Ride out these tough fixtures. I think we'll be rewarded over the long haul. So, um, yeah, I just want to talk quickly about our transfers this game week. Um, I, yes. Yeah. I was, I've started to talk to you about it before the podcast. I was like, no, I'm going to save it for the pod. So, so last, I, I think, you know, one of the things that, um, that I think everyone who, um, has been playing the game for a long time knows that you are just occasionally going to make a very bad transfer. You know, you're just going to make a, a silly move. You're going to get into your head. You're going to overthink something and, um, and you're just going to really get caught out, you know, like I did with, yeah. with Murata. Um, and, uh, and Murata is, it is what it is with Murata. He probably has to go as soon as possible. I have to really decide whether, um, I just really have to decide whether he's going to start at home to Fulham. If he starts at home to Fulham, I probably have to keep him. Um, yep. you know, and I just don't know. I mean, it kind of depends on who plays in the Europa League. Maybe, uh, if he plays like 90 in that, then I, I would assume that Giroud is going to start uh, this weekend. Uh, what do you do if just... Giroud plays like 70? Starts Giroud... and plays 70. If if Drew starts and plays seventy, then I'll probably keep Murata. Um, okay. It would be really tough. I don't know. I'm I'm I really what I really want to do is just burn four and and I want to bring in I want to bring in whatever Man City player doesn't play in the Champions League at midweek. So yeah. um, you know I would love it if Leroy Sané didn't play at midweek. Uh, in which mm-hmm. case I would definitely bring him in. As it is, it's a, it's kind of a tight window right now. Uh, Man City have a, a midweek fixture. Or the, you know, the Champions League fixture this coming weekend, another fixture on, I think, Wednesday, and then they play Chelsea away three days later, right? So they have four fixtures coming up in the next, you know, whatever that is, um, you know, the next 14 days. So um, is that right? Am I doing the math right? Yeah, you know, like 13 days, whatever it is. Um, so, you know, it's a really it's a really tough window. And so, um, I, I you know, I want to I want at least I, I feel like for any Man City player, they're not going to start all three of those. But if you can get them for two out of three, then it's probably still worth it, um, mm-hmm. especially given how explosive they are at home. So, uh, but if, if Sonny plays ninety minutes at midweek, I don't think I want him for. Uh, I just I, I think there's at least a chance he wouldn't start this weekend. Okay, 
So you're, we, we're going to talk about the transfers we made this week, which, which we still <laughs> right, haven't sorry. got to anyway, on your team. Yeah, sorry. I'm like a little, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited, Brandon. I'm excited to talk about Man City players. Um, so yeah, I ended up bringing, so anyway, right. Very long story short, we all make bad transfers. It is what it is. Uh, but the, the real issue here is like, and this is like anyone who's gone to a casino and lost a lot of money knows uh, the 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 temptation is to keep making maverick moves and like double down and triple down <laughs> and just like get, like and you just want like you end up like this this crazy team where like no one in your team is like on a top six team in the Premier League and you've got like all these weird differentials and you've got like you know like well I've got like Huddersfield's talisman like what is that you know it's like you said this weird combination of players and so I was like I don't want to put myself in that position. Um, and I was like, I just want to make one simple transfer this game. Like, I don't want to burn four. I don't want to overcorrect. I just want to make one move. Uh, and that was to make to replace Mendy. And so after thinking thinking it through a lot, uh, I ended up going with Lucas Dean, uh, who picked up six points. It looked like he was going to be out for two bonus points. Unfortunately, uh, he ended up missing out on those by, by just one, one BAP. But um, picked up a clean sheet from Dean, uh, two home matches at home to Newcastle and Watford in game weeks 15 and 16. So um, I felt pretty good about that move. I also it also freed up about one point five billion in cash. So um, it's a move that helps me to fund a, a Man City midfielder as well. Uh, and then obviously yeah. I got the clean sheet from him too. Yeah, uh, my transfer for this week actually happened far earlier than I had hoped. Uh, since it's an international break, you know, so many players are in motion. Injuries can happen. You're you're waiting for as much intel to come in as possible. I felt I got trapped by the. Um, by the mo- the shifting of player value, I was still sitting on James Madison, and he was going to drop by point one the same night that Martial was going to go up. This is a move that I was contemplating. I could have still made the move of Madison to Martial, even if I let those two price shifts happen. The fact the fact that I was pretty motivated to make it, I felt like let's just take the risk because then instead of losing point two, I guess I'm making points. One, so mm-hmm. uh, it, it just seemed worth the risk to make it an early, early in the international break. And the moment I made it, um, I think a lot of us new Martial owners are starting to have that that strong feeling that we missed all of the points. This is just going to be a guy that we're going to have to shift <laughs> out in right. in one or two weeks. <laughs> yeah, that that is definitely the it's pain. Like the, mor- of, the morning after moment, where you're like, uh, mm-hmm, what did mm-hmm. I do last night? Yep, yep. Let's exercise a little patience. Let's look at Manchester United's upcoming fixtures. And uh, it's Southampton away in game week 14. And Southampton, uh, they didn't look too bright apart from Armstrong, a guy who's just going to come out of nowhere and score two mm-hmm. worldies for you. Sure. So feeling feeling at least good to give Martial that second chance um, against Southampton in game week 14. Then it's Arsenal, Fulham until we hit Liverpool in 16. I have to I have to be patient with him. I can't see his value just come immediately plummeting because of one no. one blank. No, I agree. I mean, yeah, I mean that's an amazing run coming up for them. Uh honestly, it, it, the Liverpool away fixture in game week 17 aside, it's I mean Southampton, Fulham, Cardiff, Huddersfield, Bournemouth. Um it's it's extraordinary. It's a, it's a really an excellent run of fixtures and yep. uh, I'm actually looking at possibly bringing in a Man United defender. Um, I, I actually think Dean to Shaw makes sense. Um, probably around game week nineteen. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, there's a or, excuse me around game week seventeen. Um, 
uh, Everton play Man City and Spurs back to back in game week seventeen and eighteen, and I think that's kind of the perfect time to make a move over to over to Shaw at the same price point. So um, we'll save that, Brennan, for the week seventeen uh, always cheating podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, put a pin in now. Put a pin in that one. <laughs> yeah, but but going back to Martial, I think that uh, the fact that I could have held on to Madison and didn't, in the ended up with the this improbable red card to two yellows and then Richarlison blanking. It wasn't like there was another move that was going to make my team better in the long run. So here we are. I I played the armband on Aguero. Um, You did as well. Well, okay. Here's the thing. I didn't feel that bad about the Aguero thing because I was so locked into Aguero. I, I honestly just didn't, to me, there wasn't a lot of debate. I mean, I just, don't have a lot of faith in West Ham's defense, and that was borne out by their mm. terrible performance. Uh, a special special shout out to Antonio for being the slowest player in the Premier League. I've never seen a player get more breakaways, and like he was walking with the ball. I've never seen a player walk <laughs> on a breakaway before. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if he just doesn't have the legs anymore or not. I mean, they they you know I don't know if he shouldn't be starting if he can't run, but. Uh, he was truly, truly terrible in that match. Um, like if I was doing like player ratings, he would be like a negative three in that match. Wow. So I mean, the, the the extended highlights I watched, I saw a few like a really nice cross that he put in that Belbueno almost got okay. maybe a negative got into one. the back of the net. All right. <laughs> but, I mean, it was it was no Murata performance. So I'll say that at least. <laughs> no. Uh, all right, so yeah, we're we're moving on here, Brandon. Let's uh, we, we can't talk about the uh, always treating Super League right now, but uh, uh, just because we still have one game week to go, but we will update on that, that on social media um, on the you know Monday night or, or early Tuesday morning. Uh, just a quick heads up: uh, tomorrow night, you and I are recording the Ask Us Anything podcast. We will answer any question about any topic. Uh, can be from our personal lives. It can be FPL related. It can be about movies, film. That's the same thing. Uh, movies, music, <laughs> uh, books, art. I don't know. Any any question you might have, relationship advice. Anyone who's who's been like, you know, awake on Friday night when Brendan does his relationship corner knows that Brendan has fantastic I don't you know, Brendan, you just you've loved and lost so much over the years. I guess that's what it is. I have, uh, I've, have I've, yeah. I've seen enough for for the entire <laughs> FPL community in my lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the questions and the podcast will be exclusively for our Patreon supporters. So if you want to support the podcast on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Uh, and there's a we have a channel on our Slack where people are doing the ask us anything and they're asking the questions there. Uh, if you if you aren't on Slack or just don't want to use it, you know, fair enough. Maybe you have enough social media networks in your life already, uh, but you are a Patreon supporter and you want to ask a question, you can just email us or ask us on Twitter or Facebook or, um, I don't know, text us somehow. Find, find I'm our, not find giving our anyone my personal phone number. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Brandon's not giving away his phone number. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, find a maybe way. Maybe if to you're a producer, maybe if you're a producer level patron, I'll give you my phone number. <laughs> that's, that's a new, uh, like, like tier, like, like a level perk. reward. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, and then Brennan, we have uh, our shop finally as well. Yeah, we've we've teased it a few times on the pod, and it's finally open. The Always Cheating Shop. All you have to do is go to alwayscheating.com slash shop, or go to alwayscheating.com and just click shop up there at the top of the page. And we have three exclusive items here. Uh, we have a T-shirt. It's a black T-shirt, and uh, you, I mean, you can go see the designs uh, on the site, but the T-shirt says Folks and Poku and Sorloth and Embakani, the four patron saints 
of always cheating. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we have a gray sport sweatshirt that's going to keep you warm and cozy during these dreary uh, festive period fixtures that says the same thing and a coffee mug that uh, says always cheating on it. So uh, check them out. I believe that we are offering them at some very competitive pricing. But if, (laughs) if you become a supporter of the podcast through our Patreon uh, page, we are sending a 10% discount to all of our patrons to use yeah. on the shop on any and all items. And that discount is going to be good through the end of the year, through December 31st. Get your holiday shopping done early. So if you're interested in shopping and shopping with a discount, hit us up on our Patreon page. Otherwise, just go and, and check out our wares at alwayschini.com slash shop. Yeah, and that'll be up into patrons, uh, old and new. So if you're a current patron, uh, we'll we'll send an email out to everybody with the uh, with the discount code as well. But uh, the mug in particular, right, I think is very sharp. It really, that one really came out well. Um, so a quick Patreon thank you uh, to um, new Sorkloth patron Gavin O'Donnell and two new Embakani patrons D H and Jared Weedmeyer. Maybe it's Weedemeyer. I don't know, right? And I'm. That's a tough one. Let, let uh, us know, Jared, yeah. or, or we'll but, live in mystery. But thank you to Gavin, DH, and Jared. Uh, Brandon, our rant of the week. We actually have two rants this week. Uh, one comes from a uh, oh, longtime friend of the podcast, James Querell. He says, in the last three weeks, I've transferred out Trent, Mitro, and Vardy. I also transferred out Pickford right before two penalty saves, David Silva right before his amazing run of form. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. I, I think that's like more than just the tip of the iceberg. That's like a significant part of the iceberg, right? (laughs) It's a global warming (laughs) iceberg right there. He says, should I, A, impose a complete transfer ban on myself, B, hire director of football to be in charge of my transfers, or C, just go and focus my time and effort on something that isn't FPL? Wow. Blasphemous, Brandon. I think what James ought to do actually is hire Daniel Levy. I know I know you're a Spurs fan, uh, James, but if you get Daniel Levy on board, he won't let you spend any money or make any transfers. <laughs> that's true. Uh, and, and it sounds like that's exactly what you need. You need somebody with rigorous yeah. control over your finances and your bank account. Mm-hmm. He'll allow you to accrue team value without making any moves whatsoever. Yeah, I transferred out Mitro too, and that one, that one definitely hurts. And I almost transferred out Trent, uh, in which case I'd be really – Really kicking myself right now. Um, yeah, it was a good week for pa- you know. It was a, it was a good this week was a good reminder of of patience. You know, it's 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 always hard to know just how patient you want to be. Yeah. I mean, you know, with 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 Mitchell, it was like we always kind of knew that his confidence would come back, that they would probably fire their manager and get somebody new. You just didn't know when yeah. it was going to happen. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if we knew Ranieri was coming, I probably would have held him for. Um, you know, I would have benched him for the Liverpool match and, and played him for the Fulham fixture. But you just how long, you know, at that point, we, we were looking at, what, four or five blanks in a row from him. It was just, it was, it was too much. So, yeah, I, yeah, think, I think you know, we I, you can't feel bad about the Metro one. Uh, I think we have to talk a little bit about Metro in the meat of the podcast. But uh, one, one last rant before we get out of the rant section. This one comes from Ryan Dika. says, played patiently equals red arrow. Took hits equals red arrow. Should I quit now? So Ryan Dika played the game of patience, as you're suggesting, Josh, and it did not work out for him. Um, Then he went kind of maverick, also didn't work out. And that's Mm -hmm. probably just a matter of uh, ill timing. Yeah. (laughs) Just remember that it's 38 weeks, right? This is this. It's so hard to remember that sometimes. But, you know, it's a we're not even halfway through. We're not even close to halfway through the season. We're just a third, third of the way. uh, (laughs) We're now we've we've just crossed the border into the, the two thirds portion of the season. It is an unbelievably long season. You can recover from anything. 
especially this early on in the season. I, you know, I mean, I, I know that in some cases, maybe, maybe you're not going to be number one in the world right now. And that's just something that's, that's, <laughs> that that's for, like for some people, it's a real aspiration for me. It's, it's just not, it just feels like too many things have to go right for that to happen. Like basically mm-hmm. you need to, I, I feel like, you know, the only way I would ever feel that way is if I started the season and like, if I got like a top 5,000 score in game week one, maybe I would think about it, you know, but <laughs> otherwise in most seasons, you're like, you're 246,000 in the world after game week one. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, there you go. <laughs> it's not happening this year, you know? So, um, yeah, I think that, uh, you gotta just ride this stuff out. Cause you're you know, two, two green arrows in a row and you're going to forget all about those, these, these red arrows. Absolutely. All right. Coming up, we have five questions for the festive fixtures. We're going to talk about Man City assets, Spurs players, second, third forwards, clean sheets, and and also captains heading into this this, um, massive festive period. So take a quick break and we'll be right back. Brandon, we're back. As you just noted, uh, five questions for the festive fixtures. Uh, everyone's starting to think long term, and you know, I don't know if we're going to have a full on festive fixture preview because it just started. It just start, starts to hit you, and I, I, I must feel like it's really it's starting. It's starting this. I mean, it's such a long stretch too. It's hard to preview nine or ten game weeks at a time. You know, yeah. um, I mean, even now, like we pulled this kind of uh, this chart of you know the fixtures the festive fixtures you could argue that they start this weekend right they are uh, mm-hmm. you know it's the first week of just first week first days of december come up this weekend uh and you know there's a midweek fixture and then there's just a ton of fixtures that go right through game week 21 which is the first couple of days of january so um you know we're looking at an eight game week window it's very hard to ever really properly you know plan out anything over an eight game week stretch and it's just too many injuries and too much rotation but i think that you can you can look at some broad topics you know some some like so the the five questions that we're going to ask right are Mm -hmm. we want to rank the best city assets as we know the holiday fixtures uh we're going to talk about what spurs players we trust if any uh we're going to talk about who is the best I said third forward. It could be a possibly second forward, depending on what kind of rotation you've got. Um, and then we're going to talk about clean, uh, cheap clean sheets and how to get them. And then we're going to talk about, finally, uh, festive fixture captains, um, which, again, is one of those ones that's kind of tricky. But I think if you think about it, actually, it, depending on what captains you use, could be the difference between whether you keep someone like Salah or not, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right. So we're going to talk about all these. Uh, I'll start with number one. Um, can you rank the best city assets as we enter the holiday fixtures? Our first question comes from Disable, a.k.a. Luke from the Fantasy Football Scout, asks, is going with triple city midfield, e.g. Sané, Sterling, Silva, a viable option? They score over three goals a game and only really have Mares to challenge their position, so guarantee yourself a large piece of the pie all right let's talk about the goal scorers on manchester city and i think coming out of game week 13 there are uh, three at the tip at the tip of our tongues or i guess at the forefront of our mind sane yeah. sterling silva can you rank them i think right off right off the cuff yeah. sterling most expensive however most valuable then right it appears at the moment to be or you could argue it's a coin toss between sane and silva here's my right. case and then i'll throw it to you josh i think okay sure it's it's the classic argument of consistency versus explosivity and sane very explosive player we've seen him start basically every other game week is that mm-hmm. going to change because mendy is out long term um, right. And if that is going to change, we're going to see more regular starts. Then Sané looks looks better. Silva, though, is 
more affordable and more consistent. However, he is, as as we note, imperious in his in his um, desire to only score seven to nine points any given game. <laughs> right. It is crazy that you don't get more double digit fixtures from him, given how involved he is. Given how often it seems like he has a chance to. I don't. I I, I remain amazed that he only has two assists on the season, and that both of them came in the same match. Like, yeah. how is it that in 13 matches this season, he hasn't assisted 12 <laughs> of them? That seems so improbable for him, right? He's, he's, he's entered assists. into the Lionel Messi stage of his career. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he has double-digit assists in six of the last seven seasons, and in the other season, he had nine. So, I mean, this guy is an assist machine. It's crazy that he hasn't. Yeah, uh, I, I wonder more. if we... With with Pep's system, so much of the uh, attacking play is coming via the wings now, and, mm-hmm. and less down the middle. And Silva tends to sit. Uh, David Silva tends to tends to sit more in the middle. So right. that's why you're seeing all of these assists come from the likes of Mane and Sane and and Sterling and Imares. I think that uh, I, I guess I, I just think that the Mendy injury completely changes the way that we think about Sane, and I think that. You know, two weeks ago, I was very pro Silva. I was looking at Silva. Silva was the player that I was really leaning towards. And now I just, I think, I think it has to be, it's such a knee jerk thing, right? Because somebody, somebody gets 19 points in a game week and it's very hard not to, it's very hard to look past them, you know? Um, But I do think that um, he just fills that, he's just, he's so fast and he's such an outlet for that team, you know? Like when they, I feel like anytime they get like the, He's great on the road, I think, in particular, because if they get like just like the sliver of a break, you know, he is the per- perfect player to feed it out to because he can beat like almost any fullback, you know, on like a dead sprint. So um, I don't know. I just yeah, I think that he's he's the player that I'm really looking at right now. And yeah. I I would not be at all. You know, I would not feel at all bad about burning forward to bring him in this weekend. And he's yeah. also a player that, like, because of that explosiveness thing you were talking about a second ago, yeah. it feels like less of a explosivity. Okay. That's the word. Explosivity. It, there's always a risk, you know, to burn four in a Man City midfielder because there's just a chance that you might not, he might not even play at all, you know, and yeah. or maybe they get, they get they play for one minute or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But if there's a strong chance that Sonny is playing this weekend at home to Bournemouth, um, it could be another massive double digit haul for him. Yeah. Taking taking our teams out of the equation, I think it's just interesting to step back and say if we could start from scratch, if we're building a wild card team, yeah, yeah, what do you do? And Jeff Petter and Peter Locke are asking the same question: Is Aguero no longer essential to our team? So if if right. is that true for us, both being Aguero owners, and if so, right. uh, what does your city lineup look like? I would argue right now. I frankly don't know how I feel about Aguero at the moment. I I think I'm still pro Aguero. Just he's he's really struggling on the road this season for whatever reason, and and yeah, yeah that is a problem because he's expensive and you're going to hesitate to captain him on the road. But he is still scoring more FPL points than any of these other guys are at the moment. I'm still looking right. though uh, at City as um, two attacking assets. And one defensive asset if I'm going for three of them for the rest of the season. Because Laporte is just so steady, such good value. And it the 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 adage of if you're getting six points week on week out, 
from a midfielder, right. you'd say it's definitely worth it. So yeah. I, I just like um, hedging those bets with a little more consistency with Laporte. So then I wonder, do I go Laporte, Sterling, Sané? Do I go Laporte, Sané, Aguero? Yeah. I just don't know. It's it's tricky because, uh, you know, the real question is, can you can you take Aguero out of your team and find anybody to replace him with? I mean, because really, I mean, if you're taking him out of your team, you're not doing it for um, – uh, you know, to bring in a Bamiyang, right? You're, you're doing it to bring in someone who's three or four million cheaper so that you can put more money into your midfield. So if you're doing that, is there anybody who can even approximate his returns? You know, it's, this is, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just the flip side. It's, it's so hard, like, you know, like th- these situations happen all the time where like, you know, a couple of midfielders take off and you're like, yeah, I'm going to like, I'm going to start burning points to bring in, in to, like to, you know, to, to you know, to, to bring in these players and you sort of just, neglect whatever you're losing you know like whatever you give up in order to get them you know and i just think that the real question is you know is are there any consistent seven million forwards i mean Mm -hmm. maybe Artie, possibly although he keeps you know limping off in every single match callum Um, wilson's got to be up there in your mind callum wilson yep callum wilson's got to be up there i mean mitro i mean how can you i I know he just got a brace but you can't trust him really yeah yeah you know Are we getting ahead of ourselves here? We have a whole section devoted to th- third forward slots. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So let's not get too into the third forwards. But, I mean, you know, this is the question is if you drop Aguero, can you, you know, in order to bring – you know, are the are the attacking returns you're going to get mm-hmm. from the Man City midfielders so good, let's say, if yeah. you're tripling up, let's say, that yeah. it makes up for whoever you're going to have to replace him with? And, mm-hmm. I mean, God, just look at Jimenez this weekend, right? I mean, that guy yeah. – he just does not look like a world-class striker a lot of the time. No, yeah, he only no. has three goals in the season. You know, one of them was a penalty. One of them was in game week one. Um, you know, I, I don't mean to, to to pick him out. I mean, I, you know, he really should have had at least a goal in this match. But, you know, there's just not a lot of you're, – you're just giving up so much. And, you know, Guerrero's the fifth highest scoring player in the league this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's got eight goals and six assists on the season. Um, he did have a very poor match. He looked kind of anonymous. If he does that again – then um you know like again this weekend at home to bournemouth maybe maybe you do I, I just wonder if he had too long off you know i mean he just didn't he didn't didn't do anything for two weeks basically i didn't go to los angeles or something and hang out and uh-huh. i just wonder if maybe like he just had to get you know it just he wasn't ready for the intensity level or something it was a, it was a strange match for him very anonymous yeah so um all the goals scored, all these balls are whizzing through the six-yard box, and Aguero is just always waiting around the penalty spot for the drag back or not the, the yeah. pullback pass. Yeah, so. you would have thought if you if you'd never seen this team play before, you would have thought that Raheem Sterling was the was the forward in this match, you know? Yeah. Or, yeah, or yeah. was the forward in the squad, and then Aguero was like more like an attacking midfielder or something. Uh you know, Sterling was so central. Yeah. All right. Let's let's zero in more on the Raheem Sterling question. Sumat Nakhtar writes in, writes in and says Sterling is definitely essential, but to get him for Hazard, who has good fixtures coming up, or for Mo Salah, who is returning a goal a week, nothing more, nothing less. That's the question. So, question A: How uh, how must have is Sterling right now? And question B is: Are you dropping Hazard or Salah? I dropped Hazard for Sterling. Um, but that was less a difficult decision because Hazard was going to miss a week and I took advantage and brought in Sterling at that time. Uh, and right now that, uh, that that's proved to be a pretty, a pretty great move because Hazard has just done his Hazard thing and dropped off the (laughs) face of the fantasy. I would think so. I think that's a pretty great, (laughs) yeah, that worked out very well. I mean, okay, look at this question. And then, so he says, 
Let him go for Sterling, for, for Zardo as good fixtures, or for Mo Salah, who's returning a goal week, nothing more, nothing less. So get rid of the the, the clause, nothing more, nothing less in there. And I think you've got the answer to your question, right? So get yeah. rid of Zardo as good fixtures, or Mo Salah, who's returning a goal a week. Yeah. Right. It's like, yeah. Do you want to get rid of the player who scores a goal every single week yep. <laughs> or do you want to get rid of the player who has good, who has good fixtures? And um, I think that kind of you know, the answer is, is pretty obvious when you, when you think about it that way. Tomorrow is always a new day. But what we have come to find out, what, what we thought was happening earlier in the season was Hazard was reinvigorated by Sari Ball. And this was just going to be an exciting, explosive player through the rest of the season. What we've learned over the last month is nope. Still the same Eden Hazard, still the same great player who will prove to be a huge expensive problem um, over the course of a few months for your fantasy team. We'll look at Hazard at the end of game week 38, and he'll probably have accumulated quite a few points. These could be very frustrating to own. Why not take a player like Sterling over Hazard, who is uh, playing for um, the best team in the league and is... Yep. Is is doing what Mo Salah is doing, but to a greater degree right now. Well, yeah, and and just the thing about I mean Salah, it's like it, who cares if he's not getting bonus points? If he's getting if he's averaging you eight points every single game week, or you know he's at eight fifteen two eight and eight in the last five. I mean, it's uh, those are fantastic returns. Like you know, bonus points aside, have you considered any team surgery to uh, instead of Silva or Sane go for Sterling? Um, no, uh, I haven't because I want to move Hazard to Sterling. Yeah. Um, and so that doesn't seem, and I, and I want to keep Hazard for the Fulham match. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how you can drop Hazard before the Fulham match. That just would be, uh, uh, I mean, you know, I mean, Sterling plays Bournemouth at home. It's, 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 it's a comparable match. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't see that as, uh, um, I don't know. It feels too complicated. Like in order to, to have Hazard and Sterling at the same time would just be, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I guess the, the one way to do it too would be to not burn four this game week and, and roll without another without a Man City midfielder again. I just like how many weeks can I go without a Man City midfielder? You yeah. Know? I mean, how many weeks can these guys roll up? You know, somewhere between <laughs> eight and twenty points apiece. While I just sit on the sidelines, not having any of them. You know. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but d- dropping salad to me isn't the answer. Are we satisfied with our city talk? Okay. I'm satisfied. Good. 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 <laughs> Uh, question, question number two, what Spurs players do you trust, if any? Oh, Brandon, Tottenham Hotspur. We've not talked about them very much in the podcast Ugh, this year. It's finally time. They, they've waited long <laughs> enough, and finally they put, put in an excellent performance against they Chelsea. They destroyed Chelsea. They <laughs> ab- you must have been so delighted. I mean, oh, who cares about Alonso, right? Alonso's so highly owned. But, I mean, t- not having Hazard or, or anybody yeah. else in that game oh, it was, must have been great. It was great. And for the second week in a row, Murata finishes with minus BPS. I don't mean to He's twist the knife on you. No, no. It's, I don't care. I'm past it. I'm over it. Yeah. He's gone. Yeah. He's a clown. All right. Uh, Dave for Burley asks, how many Spurs players to get and who? The, the guy that just really catches my eye is, well, I think you you – you said it on our Twitter feed during the Chelsea Spurs matches. It was effectively just like old times, Christian Eriksen to Deli Ali. So now mm-hmm. we will be faced with the same question. Do you go Eriksen or do you go Ali? And right. I'm feeling Ali right now myself or Deli, I guess I should say. I'm kind of feeling neat. Yeah. I'm kind of feeling neither. Uh, I don't know. I mean, would you, okay. Would you rather have Eriksen uh, or would you rather Eriksen Ali or 
or uh, David Silva. <sighs> yeah, I guess coming out of game week 13, I'm definitely starting to, uh, I'll be tinkering around to see what moves does one have to make to consider a Spurs player. But yeah, mm-hmm. if I'm making an immediate move coming out of 13, it's for David Silva. If, if yeah, that's the exactly. question. Yeah. And if the question is Sané versus Erickson and Ellie, I think you have to go Sané as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I think Kane is the one that I am most interested in. And like, this is like the part where I'm like, okay, I, we're finally doing this. You know, <laughs> like we're finally, like, it's finally time to maybe seriously consider him. Right. So they, they play Arsenal away in game week 14. So, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I mean, not that he couldn't score in that match, but I, that's not like the time to bring him in, I don't think. But Southampton at home in game week 15, that is. That is a superb fixture, uh, yeah. and that is really, really a, a one where you'd love to have Kane. I don't know if I can actually do it. I don't know how it would, I would even make it work, but um, you know, it's a great run for them, right? I mean, Southampton, Leicester, Burnley, Everton, Bournemouth, Wolves, Cardiff. It basically, I mean, do they have the best run of any team throughout the festive fixtures? West Ham's, there, right? West Ham's run West looks Ham. pretty good, uh, like yeah. exceptional. The problem is, is, is you don't really trust West Ham. On any given week. Right, right. But do you trust any of the Spurs midfielders right now? Like, I kind of trust Kane just because he, despite his, like, kind of frustrating season, he's still on seven goals in the year. He's still, you know, he's just, it's so easy for him to score goals, you know, even when he's not in great form. Obviously, he's still on penalties. Um, but those those Spurs midfielders, I'm just a little worried about minutes. And then Ellie was like, John was somebody again and just like, I don't know if I want to like, I don't know if I want the Man City experience or excuse me, the Spurs experience right now. Yeah, I think I I need more time. Even Delhi jawing at the official does make me even reinforce the idea that the good times are finally back because that's the Delhi of old. You do want to see a little bit of fire with them. And Mm -hmm. uh, at least what you know you're going to get with Spurs over the festive period is a stability in the lineup. As we were talking about with James Kuralt's question is uh, they haven't signed anybody. Who else do they play? I mean, there's going to be some rotation probably with Son and and Lucas Moura and Lamella. But I would be surprised to see any rotation with those those three main attackers Kane and Erickson yeah. and, and Deli Ali so that makes yeah. them much more appealing it, it, I guess it does you know Erickson I guess would be the one player who there's maybe some worry about just because of his if he does still have this it's an abdominal injury right so I, I don't know if that's something that maybe might make it hard for him to play two matches in four days you know yeah. if it's like you know so if that were the case then maybe Maybe he's a slightly risky pick, right? Yeah. Just because you, he maybe he may sit out a little. It's not that I think he'll he'll be fine when he plays, but he may sit out more than some of the other kind of top players in that bracket. Yeah, uh, Jorgen Rakvag asks Christian. Wow, he's back. Seems like Kane can benefit from Ericsson's passes. So Kane for Aguero uh, in Christmas or Ericsson for Hazard in Christmas. Uh, you were talking about Erickson a couple weeks ago as somebody you were really targeting, and this is the um, the patience pick, I think, and that right. if Erickson and Spurs are finally back on form, he can be the more appealing one, and that he's not relying on Deli Ali just getting in a purple patch and scoring a bunch of goals. He's on all the dead balls, right. um, and just greater opportunity for him to rack up the FPL scores. Yeah, this was all before I joined the religion of the Man City midfield, Brandon. Mm-hmm. I am now 
<laughs> I, I was I was blind and now I can see. And uh, now I don't want anyone except Man City midfielders. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's they're 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 kind of screwed by their price points. Uh, I guess yeah. is is the elephant in the room is at nine point two and eight point nine. I think is between Delhi and Ericsson. Is how do you fit them in when we're talking about all these city players and uh, we're we're sort of hovering around Martial right now and Richarlison is offering an exceptional value. Sigurdsson. continues yeah. to look uh really terrific so there is there is competition here son is you know uh, jeremiah johnson was asking if son is more nailed after his performance i you know i, I guess i have to wait and see i mean he's he still only started i think one match in the last six fixtures you know so there's a little maybe maybe two and six um so you know i think that we have to we have to wait and see a little bit on him his price point is a little more reasonable it's 8.3 million you could maybe make a um you could maybe do a like a Richarlison or um, or Marshall move um, mm-hmm. to a Marci- Martial move to uh, to Sun, which would be a little more palatable. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he looked great in the match, that's for sure. Uh, what yeah. about their defenders? I mean, is there any did any defenders catch your eye? They're all in that kind of weird bracket, you know, somewhere between like five point five and six million. Yeah, the the fact I mean Trippier just had an explosive there is that word again. Trippier just had an amazing start to the the season but now he's he's out with a groin injury. He could be back early in the festive period. He's due back it looks like by December 2nd, but given all of the options at Pochettino's disposal on the wings in the back, that is right. a concern to me. The good news is Vertonghen is coming back. He's back in training, and he should replace the legendary Foyth. <laughs> Foyth, uh, yeah. Yep. There, there. I just don't see. I think that they will be strengthened by Vertonghen coming back into central defense. I thought Loris had a fairly decent game against Chelsea. You'd be encouraged by that, but I just don't see value FPL value here. Uh, so no. no, I can't justify it. No, I, I don't either. Um, and you really don't want those. Spurs fullbacks uh, for the, you know, because Poch tends to rotate them a lot. Well, I guess it's like in a normal year where they're not injured. The whole, yeah, you're right. Let's just avoid the whole defense. I can't recommend anyone. And <laughs> they're too expensive. There's there's not even like a fun value option. There's not like a Luke Shaw in that team. Yeah. Or, you know, just, or it's like, yeah, where it's like, hey, they're 5 million. You know, maybe it's worth a shot. Just to, just to put a button on the, the midfield discussion with Spurs, I do see this as a possible good differential during the festive period. I mean, I, I, I agree. I I couldn't recommend going without any Manchester city midfielder, but if you can do something to squeeze them, and if you can see in your team where you can make room to bring in Ericsson or Ali, I think that would be an exciting differential for the holidays. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree, but it's just, they're just too expensive. I think, uh, maybe if you went with like a really cheap forward line, you could get away with, yeah, I don't know. I guess you could go, you, you could go with Mane over Salah. That might be the way to do it too. So, yeah. all right, let's move on to question number three, Brandon. Uh, who is the best third forward? Um, we have a we have a new a new name in that third forward category. Once again, an, an old name has become a new name. Brandon yeah. uh, Juan Aguito says Ranieri says Mitro is one of the best strikers in Europe. It's time for the cheater community to jump back on the Mitro Express. Does Ranieri do does Ranieri cast a vote in the Ballon d'Or? Because if he is, I mean, <laughs> it, it could actually be an exciting race for for once. That's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, Metro like lit it up in the uh, uh, over the international break, and so I, I wasn't surprised to see him come out hot, you know, especially with the new manager. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, did you catch any of the Fulham match? I mean, I thought he, he both of his goals were were pretty. It wasn't yep. they were powerful, but they were kind of cheeky, you know, like yeah, they were goals. The thing that's most encouraging to me is they were reminiscent of uh, their championship run last season. And Ryan Sessegnon, he, Ryan Sessegnon impressed more than anyone else. And he looked, uh, he looked electric. And I'm not saying, uh, I would not recommend Sessegnon at 6.0 for your FPL team. But I think what that does do is it points toward possible future returns for Mitro. If if the right. team, if the great attacking team from last season is going to coalesce again, uh, that's what you want to see. So Cess to Mitro, that Cess pass to Andre Schurla to uh, open up the scoring or the the second goal that they scored was fantastic. So yeah. I I like it, but um, there is this thing that we talk about, the new manager bounce, and they were playing Southampton at home. Every, right. It was like a perfect storm of uh, reasons why Fulham would win. And the fact that they won 3-2 still means you have lots of question marks about their defense. But right. point is, Mitro, uh, he's, I think, regardless, 6.6, absolutely worth a punt. And we can talk a little bit about Arnie in this category. And Arnie is causing... Yeah. A lot of anxiety in the FPL community. He is <laughs> yeah. perpetually yellow flagged, even though he starts every game week. And now there are these rumors swirling around that Manchester United are sniffing around him for the January transfer window. That seems yeah. that seems like it could be uh, tapped up by by his agent or something like that. But I yeah. am I am if I were to look to switch Arnie to anyone right now, it'd be Mitro uh, Barnett. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like it's 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 hard to do uh, if you've had, if you've had Mitro for weeks and weeks and seen him disappoint so much. But yeah, I mean, I you have to you have to throw him up there. You have to just put aside the past and, and embrace the fact that there is, you know, I mean, first of all, the new manager bounce is like a real thing that has been like statistically shown to like happen time and again, right? Which is you know, a team just goes on like a tends to like you know their the, the points you know tend to rise in the weeks after you know, a new manager comes in, especially if they've been maybe performing like a little below expectations before that. Um, and we know that Fulham is a talented team and they just needed someone who could maybe bring them together. Now, again, it's been one game week and they play Chelsea next week. So, um, you know, let's talk again when they lose, you know, 4-1 or something like that. Yeah, right. It's, but, it's the West London derby away. It's uh, the Chelsea fans are going to be up for that. And yep. Ranieri's, Ranieri's brief is is to shore up that defense, which is, I guess, my counterpoint to the point I was making earlier is his brief would be to shore up the defense. And how do you do that and still let everyone run free and try to score goals? So in the really, in the tougher fixtures, I'm, I'm concerned about Mitro's output. Yeah. I think, um, what's nice is that he doesn't have a super difficult run. Once you get past game week 14, it's home, home to Leicester, home to, uh, West Ham, home to Wolves, home to Huddersfield, uh, all throughout the uh, the home, in a way match at Newcastle up in there as well, so you know, a ton of really you know solid, fairly light fixtures, and you know he's a big strong guy. I don't see him getting rotated a ton. It would be nice to have someone like, and they need to get as many points as they can get, right? So 
you know, he's not going to be resting a ton over the holidays. So if you want a just a consistent player, like someone who thinks going to be 90 minutes week in, week in and week out, uh, he's uh, kind of elevates him, I think, as a prospect. Yeah, a few other options here. JL suggests Glenn Murray, Jimenez, dare we say Rondon. So yeah. we still haven't JL seen Rondon. Me, actually. Oh, oh, cool. Josh Landon. Interesting. <laughs> uh, writing into your own podcast. Um <laughs> We still haven't seen Rondon's performance against Burnley to say how he's going to perform after that brace and uh, before the break. Um, so we've got Mitchell on one hand. We're talking about uh, staying the course with Arnie, given these insane fixtures for West Ham. Who is who is the third guy that jumps out? That's not either of those two guys. So we saw Jimenez yeah. uh, look like a complete klutz and uh, poor decision maker today against Huddersfield. Right. I uh, I'm going to stick stay the course with Jimenez because I I just wonder if it was a bad coming out of the international break or discombobulated performance. And yeah, um, still still very good value. The reason I picked him up, the reason why most people pick up Jimenez is the value. Five point nine consistent starts, um, a, gen- a generally uh, fluid team on the pitch in terms of attack. So he he offers a lot of upside despite just three goals on the season. What about Will Zaha? Does he like? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I know like he, that is a very unsexy pick, and no one's going to be rushing out to get him. But six point seven percent, fairly reasonable price. They have a really solid run of fixtures over the festive break. Um, a lot of good home fixtures: uh, Cardiff, Leicester, Burnley at home, and three of the next six. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, does he appeal at all to you? Like, I, you, you haven't had him at all this season, have you? I haven't. Um, I don't think he's looked especially good apart from a few flashes of brilliance. It's that mm-hmm. amazing, like, uh, solo goal he scored maybe in game week three. He He's had moments, but I just, I generally don't like him as a player, an FPL asset, because he relies too heavily on on getting fouled in the box. And yeah, he's he's not the penalty taker there. So if no. if Zaha's winning his own penalties, then um, I think it's more interesting. Palace have like they they can't score goals anyway. Um, so I, I I don't even though they were it, it seems kind of impressive that they were able to hold United to a zero zero draw or nil nil draw. Uh, Zaha, the highlights I saw, he's just taking pretty wild swings at the ball. At the goal and and Andros Townsend got closest to De Gea. All right, final question: Are we are we finally ready to give Glenn Murray any credit? Is there any like? Uh, uh, yeah, it'll be I game know. week thirty eight, and I'll st- I'll still be putting off the <laughs> Glenn Murray question. <laughs> All right. On that note, let's move on to uh, question four to five. Here, uh, we're going to speed things up just a little bit, Brandon. Clean, uh, cheap, clean sheets. How do we get them over the holiday fixtures? Byron Bruce says that we lost our collective patience with the Wolves' defense. Yeah, of course you would uh, lose your patience with Wolves. It's It's been a while. It's been a while since we've seen a clean sheet from them. But Cardiff in game week 14, still where else are you going to go? Doherty has uh, excellent attacking potential. Patricio is still producing save points. It does still feel like a luxury transfer to move Wolves' assets. Like, if you're, what are you going to do? You're going to shift... Patricio for Matt Ryan, you're going to shift Doherty for Dunk. It it, right. it just seems like a luxury move, and I think if we're going to exercise patience anywhere, 
here it is. What did you expect? I mean, they, even though they were a really flashy <laughs> team coming out of the championship, they yeah. are going to be subject to exhaustion at some point. It could be a I rough guess I did expect. I did expect the occasional clean sheet. Yeah. All right. So, so are you at the point? So you're on Patricio and Doherty as well. well. Were you calculating how to drop these guys? No, but I mean, you know, it's been five game weeks in a row without a clean sheet. And, you know, in those five game weeks, they played Watford, Brighton and Huddersfield, you know, two of those five at home. Um, you know, I, they've conceded seven goals in those three, in three of those home matches, but that also includes the Spurs game. So, you know, you do sort of wonder when, like, when you're, I don't know, like, where are they valuable then? But the, you know, the problem is, I'm looking ahead. I'm looking at game weeks 14 through 21, and you know, I'm just not seeing that. I mean, in West Ham is the team that, like, in theory, is like, you know, full of cheap defensive assets. But you know, God knows they're cheap for a reason, right? Like, those yeah. guys don't like deliver anything. You know, no. I mean, I'd much rather double up on Crystal Palace's defense than than have another, you know, West Ham defender. I mean, yeah. at least Palace have a bunch of good, you know, home fixtures in the next few game weeks. But the problem is that the the teams that have that are that are cheap players with good fixtures are, are players on are, are teams that you just don't want any part of, right? Like, I don't want a Cardiff defender. I don't want a Huddersfield defender. I don't want a Fulham defender. So there's just no easy answer, I think. I mean, maybe Lucas Dean, I think, for a while is an, is yeah. an answer. He's under he's 4.9 million. Um, Luke Shaw, if you can get up to 5 million, I think is an option. Um, I mean, who am I? Maybe, maybe a Newcastle uh, defender? Yeah, well, I, I think the broader points, just because we're speaking of the festive period specifically, is you don't have to dump Doherty. You don't have to dump Bennett. You just have to make sure that you have really good rotation in your defense. So you can right. bench these guys if if you need to. If you're not feeling that fixture and there will be a handful of them that, that come up in December, you're looking at that Chelsea match, Liverpool, Spurs. Because they are priced the way they are, I think I'm quite comfortable benching Doherty. I'm quite ben- uh, comfortable rotating with Patricio. I think yep. the case would be made to not dump Patricio, but maybe if you're still sitting on a guy like Hamer, look long term and see if you can scrape together 0.5 million and get a decent rotation for this upcoming uh, fixtures. Because that that to me solves the problem is is a little more rotation and a little less anxiety about the state of their team. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, Doherty is like a, a Doherty is like a. You can you can honestly play him every single game week because you know there's enough attacking threat there. I I wonder he was probably just a little off. He had like I don't think he'd even practice for a couple of weeks, right? Because it was yeah. his injury, you know, yeah. facial injury. So yeah. um, probably probably was a little rusty. Yeah. All right. Uh, last question is festive fixture captains. Vinyl Richie writes in: Who are the best captain options for the heavy December fixture run? Uh, guys, not as God yet. Webb with Arsenal are unbeaten in seventeen, and Aubameyang is tied for top scorer. So Harry Kane or Raheem Sterling? I think Guy is an mm-hmm. Arsenal fan, so he's still not trusting of Aubameyang. Uh, yeah. FPLJK also asking, losing is it worth losing Salah to stack up on premium mids? Is the uh, suggestion there is is Salah even worth captaining? Given that his he seems to have a threshold, he seems to have a governor on him right now. So this is this is, this is kind of a tough question because we have to just refer to. The season ticker, you, you as we always do, you go game week by game week. So, who are the best options right. for the 
festive period, it really depends on the game week. But I, I do recall many years ago when Ed and Jekko played on Manchester City, I rolled the dice with him when the rotation during a midweek fixture fell to Jekko mm-hmm. playing against a basement-dwelling team, and it worked out for me. I think you can really target some interesting differentials during the festive period. Yeah. I think the the Aubameyang thing is really interesting, and it would be really the thing is Aguero hasn't risen in price that much in price that much, so you could try a little bit of like hokey cokey with a, with Aubameyang for some of these festive fixtures. You know, I think it'd be it's really dangerous. You know, <laughs> like yeah, it could it could really backfire. But um, you know, for example, you know, game week sixteen uh, when Man City are away to Chelsea. Uh, Arsenal at home to Huddersfield, and it could be a massive game week for someone like like Aubameyang, you know, yeah, and, or Lacazette even, or Lacazette if he's if he's healthy and he's got this groin injury now. So um, I guess we got to see how bad that is. But yeah, I mean that's that's you know two weeks from now. Sorry by the way, we're recording this in the afternoon, so if you can hear a kid screaming in the background, I'm not neglecting them. They're, she is with my wife, so it's all <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I love the idea that the Always Cheaty podcast hosts just leave small toddlers alone in their uh, living rooms uh, to, to their own devices. <laughs> right, until the podcast is done. <laughs> right, exactly. Not doing that. Um, yeah, so I think um, but I think in general, I, I, I plan to captain Aguero or Sala in the majority of these fixtures. Um, you know, I think they're both kind of fixture-proof and um, I, I suppose, I mean, at, w- at what point do you start considering captaining Sterling, Brandon? I mean, yep. Uh, I, I think I consider him definitely, you have to wonder if Gabriel Jesus starts one of these matches during the, during yeah. the festive run for city. So that, that makes, if I can, if, you know, you can predict maybe that Sterling, sits he doesn't start right. one match he'll start the next game week particularly if there's a yep. mid- midweek fixture i know he's going to start aguero start of the previous you you can see where i'm going with this logic so that, i do yeah that, yeah, that, yeah. That, that, i would definitely target sterling in a situation like that i think i think that makes perfect sense i mean okay let's say that sterling gets rested at home to bournemouth in game week 14 um i don't you know who knows sure let's just say he does okay if so, then you you feel very confident that two three two or three days later, you know, game week fifteen is a midweek next week. Um, he's almost certainly going to start. It's away to Watford. Uh, Watford don't have a particularly impressive defense. You'd imagine Man City would win that game pretty handily. That to me is a as a real window to possibly consider, you know, Captain Sterling. I'm going to take your advice, Josh. My uh, <laughs> okay, my good <laughs> my two weeks game fifteen captain two is weeks a... away bus team. It's it's already set. Uh, yeah, a- absolutely. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, okay. So we mentioned uh, just, just to wrap this up, we mentioned, you know, so it, it's the usual suspects. Uh, maybe you try to try to be a little quick, uh, you know, you could maybe, maybe pull off a bombing. Is there anyone else that we consider during this window? Um, I mean, his art, if you still had him, maybe, you know, yep. you could think about him. They um, even, you know, obviously you've got, you know, this Fulham game, game 14 at the moment. I, I have uh has captain for that Fulham fixture, despite everything that's happened. Okay. Um, okay. It's such a good fixture. Yeah. I mean, Arnatovich, Arnatovich is an interesting one. We were kind of slagging him off earlier, but some really nice home fixtures for West Ham. Cardiff in game yeah. 15 and Palace. Um, not not so much Palace, given that that will be an East London derby and Palace's defense is a little stouter than others, than Fulham and Watford. Uh, 
yeah, I I think that's an an interesting one. Yeah, I just I wish you would quit limping off the pitch every. Uh, it's the limping. You know. It really is the limping. Yeah. All right, Brendan. I enjoyed that discussion. I feel like I may have possibly learned something. I you're don't know, fe- you're feeling prepped for for the holidays. I'm almost maybe prepped for the holidays. All that's left is the shopping. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break. Uh, we're going to get back and we're going to take a quick look at game week 14. Quick word for our friends at Starting 11, the daily fantasy app available for your Android or iPhone. Now we have a big announcement for Starting 11. Mini leagues are available for your iOS device. Just Woo-hoo. go and download or update your Starting 11 app for iOS. So you can join mini leagues with your friends and starting 11 already have some pre-set up mini leagues that you can join right away. We've got cash games available on your iOS phone in the UK, US, Canada, and Germany. And new Android also has cash games in the UK. So that is perhaps um, just as big an announcement. So if you have an Android phone and you have starting 11, you can now play cash games if you're in the UK. And if you're not in the UK, just download the starting 11 app for your Android and you can play free games worldwide. Josh, what is starting 11? Of course, it's a daily fantasy app just for the Premier League. You can play any day in which there are two or more Premier League matches. You have no budget restrictions. You can adjust your lineup on the fly and you get three in-game substitutions live. So you feel like the manager more than ever. And uh, we're, we're fond of saying this is, a, this is a fantasy game. This is very much like FPL in, in a sense. And we know how to play this game. So you don't want to waste money trying to gamble on horses. I don't know. Do you, do you, do you follow the horse races? Oh, sure. Sure. I gamble on the ponies all the time. <laughs> okay. So maybe, maybe you're not the target audience, but you can be smart and, and, and uh, participate in a game that, that you do understand. Yep. So Brandon, visit starting11.io. You can watch tutorials on how to play the game, how to join the mini leagues. And the mini leagues, the way it works is it just resets every, it, you join these leagues, but then you, you set a brand new team each weekend. So it's not like you need to, you know, set a team that's good for 10 weeks. It still maintains that sort of that daily fantasy feel, but then you do get a chance to compete regularly against your friends. Uh, so starting11.io, learn more, uh, get it for your iOS or Android app today. Brandon, we're back. We're scrapping the lightning round this week. No lightning this week, Brandon. I have a, I have one thing for the lightning round, and it is beer focused. Right. I haven't drunk a beer while recording this podcast in at least a month, but I was very inspired by Stephen Toomey at Sixth Goal on Twitter. He's a, he's a big Watford fan and also a fan of brewing beer. And if you followed along his Twitter feed during uh, the Saturday matches, he was brewing a special beer for always cheating called Two Cheaters Ale. So in honor of Stephen, I just drank a beer while recording this podcast, and I'm looking forward to trying that beer from you. <laughs> this is true a, a true story. Last week when we recorded the podcast, uh, I was drinking a beer myself, and I said, Brennan, are you still you know, holding firm to not drinking beers while we record the podcast? And you said, not drinking a beer I am, however, drinking a Manhattan. Yeah, so so. You, you're still still committed. You know, you're just you didn't want the calories, right? You wanted you, you wanted the. Uh, I wanted the cherries at the bottom of the Manhattan. That's what I really wanted. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, cool. So uh, let's let's hit up game week fourteen. Let's do a drive by and, and preview what's going on. All right. Here's the the most important thing to remember is it is a Friday start. It's uh, eight p.m. on uh, on Friday is when it kicks off. You know, Brendan, I am actually going to be in uh, Chicago, so it's going to be a 
what is that like a 2 p.m start i'm at a conference this game week so uh, i'm gonna miss this whole thing man it's, i'm so disappointed i'm part of wolves i mean is this not this is the biggest match of the year right well it'll be the uh the wolves rehabilitation match Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Can they can they do it in Wales? Uh, and perhaps it'll be familiar territory to them because it's a championship clash, two promoted teams. They will have played. I mean, as we know, Cardiff is exceptionally unchanged since their uh, since their right. championship run. So I think Wolves will be, probably feel a little bit more familiar and comfortable in this match. So I, I I'm I'm going I'm going to stick with my double wolves defense. Yeah, I I am as well. Uh I don't feel great about it, I have to tell you. Um I also just think the Cardiff crowd might be fired up for a Friday night match. I mean, uh I don't know. It, it seems like and they're like they're like a little bit on the upswing right now too. Um yeah, I'm just really going to advocate for not doubling up on wolves, but I don't know. I, I may consider um, splitting. I, I, I may start um, Matt D, uh, and then I may actually um, I may I may change my uh, my goalkeeper though mm-hmm. um, over to um, Fabianski. I don't know. That that might be how I end up doing that, especially because uh, Fabianski has picked up a lot of save points in a few matches yeah. this season. So yeah. I have a similar um, decision to make yeah. there too with Matt Ryan on my bench, and they're away at Huddersfield on Saturday. So it certainly makes sense for me too to to split the GK and the defense. Right. Right. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'm going to decide that over the next couple of days. Uh, then Saturday, we've got a, a lot of nice, nice, like nice range of fixtures on Saturday. Once again, no early fixture, the second game week in a row, Brandon, I, I don't love that. I like waking up to, you know, seven thirty AM in the East coast. With the early <laughs> fixture. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It does help me get out of bed at a respectable hour, but palace Burnley, so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a increasingly rare circumstance in which you might roll out Aaron Wan-Bissaka. So yep. Uh, yep. that I don't think I can get that far. Huddersfield, Brighton, there's some, some dour affairs. Leicester, Watford <laughs> will probably be a little more attacking. We have some actual goal scorers mm-hmm. to play for those teams. Then we get to sure. Man City, Bournemouth. And I think this is the match that's going to test most of our FPL lineups because We'll yep. probably all have uh, a Bournemouth attacker like you have David Brooks. I have Fraser, Colin Wilson yep. on a lot of people's teams. Do we bench these guys against Manchester City, particularly because they're playing at the Etihad? The right. likelihood of them breaching that back line. There, there is always the chance that Ederson just decides to come off his line and and just try to try to uh, chop block somebody. It's very possible. I would not be stunned at all if Bournemouth scored. I mean, honestly, West Ham should have scored one or two if it wasn't for for Antonio. Brandon, don't get me started on Antonio <laughs> okay, again. Yeah, back, I, back, I, back I to won't that old chestnut. To control myself. Uh, Newcastle West Ham could be a pretty fun match. Uh, I think I, that could be like a. I, I see that as like a high scoring draw, maybe like yeah. a two-two draw. Or something a bit of like a shootout, that. definitely. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then Southampton Man United. This is. Uh, the the question that's going to loom over Jose Mourinho's head all week is what his plan is with Lukaku because Lukaku is in the doghouse at least as far yeah. as the media is concerned. He is the new fat guy in town, so there always has to be uh-huh. a league fat guy, whether it's Luke Shaw or weirdly it was Alexis Sanchez for a while. Uh, yeah. I guess it's all Manchester United people. Are there is are there a <laughs> lot of fast food restaurants in Manchester that I don't know about? I don't know. A lot Someone of fat guys on that team. Us. So. Um, <laughs> Lukaku, obviously United went on that great run without him, and Martial uh, yeah. benefited greatly from it. Does he get yeah. to to start this match? 
Uh, I don't know. I we'll we'll see. Uh, but um, I think the Brendan. Let, let, let's just get right into Derby Sunday here. And yeah, West amazing. London Derby, Chelsea, Fulham, North London Derby, yeah. Arsenal. Oh, yeah, these are all derbies. I'd, yeah. How am I just fantastic. realizing this now? Uh, I don't know. <sighs> what to predict? <laughs> what to predict? I guess the the because okay, big... so Chelsea. For, yeah, so I was gonna say for for a fantasy perspective, I think Chelsea Fulham is the biggest match. Right. Yep. Uh, I have to. I have to decide whether a Chelsea team that should have lost like nine nil uh, away to Spurs can turn around and just annihilate Fulham. You know, I, I, I. It would be nice if they performed well at in the Europa League. If they had like a big match, yeah. you know, it kind of tur- reverse the momentum a little bit. That would make me feel a little more comfortable. I mean, the problem is, you know, Aguero is such a great captain choice at home to Bournemouth that it's really tricky. I mean, I really have to decide whether I can. Whether I should captain Hazard, I mean, maybe just having him is enough, you know. Um, at the same time, if Hazard was ever going to have like a twenty-point haul, it's it's in this match, you know. I um, I want there to be so a Valentine a Valentine's Day card just for FPL managers that says maybe having you is enough. <laughs> that, that's a very romantic uh, yeah. sentiment. What about Arsenal Spurs? Uh, that's just an interesting one from like a neutral perspective. Yeah, right? I think this is a this is an easy way out uh, for people who don't own Arsenal or Spurs player players because I think this matchup is going to be so unpredictable. I don't feel obliged to get on any of these players that we were talking about earlier in the pod, like Ericsson or Ali or even Kane. Even though Kane yeah. is notorious for scoring goals in North London derbies, same goes for Arsenal. Aubameyang yeah. is kind of continuing to build a case for him to get into our team. So I actually look yeah. at that as a, a great pure watch for the weekend for us. Totally. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, a North London pure watch is fantastic. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, and then, yeah, Liverpool Everton. I mean, another, you could absolutely make an argument for captaining a Liverpool player at home in any game week. Yes. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, I think we've got a lot of inter- an interesting range of captain options here. I don't, I, I think Aguero will end up being the most captained player, but I don't. I, I think you could. You'll definitely see a, a spread. I think uh, uh, you know, even among the Man City players, I think you might see a little bit of a spread. So it should be should be pretty interesting. Yeah, go ahead and start with Charleston in that match, right? and 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 be okay. Yeah. Be okay with him blanking. It's going to be a tough run for Charleston owners, but I I think you should stick with him. Yeah, and I think um, yeah, the Liverpool defense remains slightly underrated, doesn't it? I mean, it's uh, um, we haven't really. I, I I know like when we talked about this last week podcast about doubling up on them, and a bunch of people shared their doubled up teams yeah, with me. Yeah. But you know, I don't know. In general, they really have kept you know quite a lot of clean sheets on the season, and uh, um, you know, keeping a clean sheet away to Watford is is pretty impressive. I mean, Watford really gave it to them in the first half, and they, they did. Yeah, they held firm. So they really um, did. Then held firm after after the red card. Yeah, I think that Liverpool isn't helped by the fact that they've been good all season, so they haven't really ever been a talking point. Not the the narrative hasn't changed with the Liverpool defense to give us a reason to talk about them. It's just just like a continued shootout between Robertson and Alexander Arnold. Yeah, although yeah, it was yeah getting that uh, yeah Robert Robertson really it was funny because we didn't really talk about Trent Alexander Arnold at all, but he kind of saved my game week uh, with his fourteen points. Uh, great free kick. I, you've got to think he's uh, you know you and I were sort of debating last week about whether he's like a you know permanent fixture in that in that team, but I, I think just the way he's played the last couple of game weeks, I think that uh, I think that you you would expect to see him um, you know in uh, yeah in the majority of these matches. Definitely, he's in great form for sure. 
All right. Well, that's the podcast. Uh, yeah. Just once again, don't forget it's a Friday night start. And uh, uh, Brandon, let's say some thank yous. Let's thank our producers. Yeah, we couldn't do it without our producers. Mike DiPietro, Stephen Toomey, Sam Streak, Jacob Roberts. Nick Costello, Carl Rasmus, Lini Granley, Chris Howell, Rafa Khan, Martin Savage, Rick Brailsford, Jim Payne, Adam Benjamin, Max Chamberlain, Brian T., Trevor Ingerson, and Chris Carter. Thanks to you guys. If you want to become a patron and support the pod, you too could become a producer or uh, join at a different tier of support. That's patreon.com slash always cheating, and we'll give you a big shout out here on the podcast. Yep. And a reminder to get your questions in for the Ask Us Anything pod recording that tomorrow evening. Um, and uh, yeah, again, you can you, you can ask us the question in any format and the question can be about whatever you want. Um, right in the subscribe to the podcast, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Acast, TuneIn, Pocket Cast, probably a lot of other places as well. Um, if you give us a review on iTunes or in any of the places you listen, that would be very much appreciated. Um, and, uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at hail cheaters. That's H A I L cheaters. Uh, follow us at Facebook, facebook.com slash always cheating. You can email us hail cheaters at gmail.com. If you missed all of this, just visit our website, always cheating.com. Uh, you can find our store there as well. So if you want to buy a mug or a t-shirt, um, just go right to the store, um, and, and buy it. That'd be great. Just We'd buy it. it. <laughs> just buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure this is a big money maker for us. This is really more about just it's fun. We, we, we you know, we they made the logos. We we did the we did the work. Let's let's slap it on a couple t-shirts and see if anybody. Yeah, not a, not to, a huge money maker. Also, it's if if you're hesitant to become a month on month month on month Patreon subscriber, this is a great way just to go to the shop to support the podcast. Just buy a little bit. It's a one-time purchase. You get something that you can enjoy. Heck, the whole family can enjoy your always cheating t-shirt, mug, sweatshirt, whatever it is. And boom, there you are. You've registered your approval of what Josh and I do. <laughs> and we, we, we'd appreciate it. So, yeah, check it out. All right. Well, good luck this weekend, everybody. Brandon and uh, Hale Sorloth. You know, I, I hope he gets some. I hope he plays better. I hope he does better. Sir Mick Sirlot, we love you. <laughs> All right, Brandon. See you next week. Bye. Can you say bye-bye to Brandon? Bye-bye, Brandon. <laughs> oh, well, bye-bye, Quinn. Oh, Wait, that's always cheating. Can you say it one more time? Is it always cheating. Always cheating. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.